it's all about the maxes this week. Yeah. Kicking off, I think, in the logical place with Mad Max 1979, one year after I was born. Yeah. Which is not interesting. These are all on Prime, so that was like completely by chance. They, yeah, the whole series are. I wish I had time to watch all of them. Was this the first time you'd seen? Right. So going into it, I was like, I've seen this before. I would have sworn, and I'm still like pretty certain I had seen it, but I couldn't <laughs> remember anything when i was watching it i was like don't remember that don't remember any of this yeah. don't so it felt don't, like don't remember that it sets up the premise of the film saw right at the very end <laughs> it, yeah it felt like i was watching it for the first time so let's just say that it was yeah yeah this was maybe the second or third time i watched it and i had the same sort of experience like oh yeah right it's a crazy 70s <laughs> yeah. like exploitation <laughs> yeah. revenge movie do how, how do i not remember that but yeah mad max so this is George Miller's debut, and the backstory that gets filled in later and all that other stuff is not really there in, in this movie. We, we get the title of A Few Years From Now, mm. and it's not kind of post-apocalypses as, it's, as you sort of expect from the Mad Max franchise. It's sort of it's on, just before or as the, the apocalypse off. is yeah. happening. The fabric of society and its infrastructure is starting to collapse. You know, it's a place in Australia where gangs roam the highways and small towns and they cruise from place to place bent on destruction mm. and rape and all that stuff but yet they still report it on the news and it's also yeah. you know the news is all going so the world isn't quite a lawless irradiated wasteland but it's on its way they've got remnants of a police force yes the mfp the main oh. force patrol side that's right yeah and they, they're, they're basically almost as homicidal as yeah. the gangs that they chase and they're tasked with trying to impose some kind of law in this outback yeah we're, we're thrown into some action pretty much straight away with the night the night rider yeah so it's like this furious chase sequence like there's several spectacular car crashes and wrecks there's like one that goes straight through a caravan i think it's like strongly reminiscent of stuff that you'd see on top gear about 20 yeah. years later with them <laughs> not as good it, not yeah. not as good yeah. and yes yeah, that the night rider he what does he say about himself he calls himself the suicide machine or something it's amazing <laughs> the fuel injected suicide machine that's what he calls himself and it, yeah so he he comes out and causes a load of carnage mm. But he's, he kills one of the MFPs and steals, steals his wagon because he's right. they're part of a, a motorcycle gang, like a Hell's Angel kind of proxy, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, he's going down the road with his lady in the passenger seat, just screaming constantly yeah. and like a rampage. Yeah. He's, he's like fucking lost the plot. And they send out the top guy, which is Max Rokotansky. That's Mel Gibson. I've had another Kayleyism on this. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought Mel Gibson played Mad Max. Well, he, he's and very like, young. I was like, this. that is him. It's yeah. like, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happened. He makes his badass credentials known by immediately playing chicken. Yeah. With a guy. He's there in these bright yellow and blue 1976 Ford Falcon XB side. And Good he runs stat. him off the road into the Night Rider into a load of crash cars. I don't think it was Michael Knight. No. Um, no. Different Night Rider. No, his hair wasn't as good. And there's a really funny joke in the next scene where we see Max at home with his son named Sprog and he's drinking a beer and there's like sexy saxophone music of the type that might be in a 70s music where somebody's like thinking about what might just have happened and then they cut and it's his wife playing the saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of that actually. Yeah. And they play Happy Families and she's grumpy when he has to go back to work and he grabs this Halloween ghoul mask and they do this sign language, I'm crazy about you type thing. Yeah, that's right. But he is fairly disgruntled about the whole police business. It's sort of reached 
the end of its life for him he's not that into it it's just a endless catalogue of you know chasing bad guys and misery and crashes and stuff yeah so he's kind of had his his uh, his fill of that but they kind of bribe him or coerce him into staying by giving him a, the latest souped up new wagon and he's all he's into it yeah and it is a crazy machine yeah. as well and it is his iconic car that yeah. you see throughout the rest of the series a 1973 ford falcon xb gt great stat yeah yeah. It looks. I thought it looked, actually looked like a, a Pontiac Firebird, but no, this is like you say, it's the Ford. It's, I'm not a car guy, so I know it's got a bit of like an extra thing that comes out of the, <laughs> the top, and it goes. <laughs> it makes a big noise. They say it goes 600 horsepower, and it's got turbo and all that. Anyway, there's a series of attacks and wrecks and stuff that occur, and at one of them, the police chief, a guy called Fifi McPhee, Fifi McAfee. He's like a ferocious... He invented the antivirus software. Yeah, yeah. that's the guy. Yeah. He's a c- cigar-chomping, bald-headed, mustachio guy you know, who's later going to turn up wearing only a scarf for some reason. I thought he was the strongman character from Raiders of the Lost Ark. He gets <laughs> yeah. shredded by the propeller. He looked like just like him. Yeah, yeah, he does. So yeah, he warns them that the rest of the Knight Rider gang mm. are going to come after him. And indeed, that's what we do see next. Maybe 20 of them revving yeah. their engines and scaring up a little town, led with by a real nasty piece of work with a flair for the theatrics called Toe Cutter. Yeah, we're going to see him later on, this franchise. Yes, we are. Mm. But yeah, he's got like a Kevin Peterson-style raccoon hair, do- hair like hair thing going on where yeah. it's dark hair but just a, like a like a poodle quiff sort yeah. of thing going on of blonde. And his really creepy-looking sidekick, what was his name? Oh, well, is that Johnny the Boy or...? Johnny, Boy's the, the, Johnny the Boy is the crazy one who gets... He gets let off yeah. for being crazy. Bubba Zanetti? Bubba Zanetti, yeah. yeah. The blonde-haired one. It's like yeah. short blonde hair. Yeah. yeah. He used to play for Inter Milan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. he was Tokata's second in command. He was. He looked like a villain. He yeah. was like creepy. I didn't like him at all. Their plan is sort of to harass the locals and uh, get the cops to suck to show up so they can start a war with them. And they've gone mm. to repatriate the body of Knight Rider, yeah. who's turning up on a train. And Toe Cutter grabs the station master's face and he says, remember him when you look at the night sky. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And then there's a couple of hippies. They're like making out in a car or something. Yeah, They're already quite pretty. often. It happens quite a few times at the start of the film. You see them getting yeah. off each other. Yeah. One, of, one th- of them's perving at them with some binoculars. At That's the start. right. Yeah. And they end up being terrorised and chased down and they right. smash the car while they're in there. Yeah. And then there's a cut later when the police turn up and you see the boyfriend running away from the naked from the waist down like he'd been raped as well. I yeah, I think know. the implication was they'd, they'd rape both of them. Yeah, and the girl's got a chain around her and she's been raped. And then there's a member of the gang, Johnny the boy that we were mm. talking about before, just sort of gibbering away out of his mind in the yeah. wreckage because he's high on... All sorts of... Goofballs. Goofballs, yeah. yeah. So they bring him back to the Halls of Justice, which they operate out of. Yeah. The, that is literally what it's called. It's amazing. And it looks like a sort of abandoned <laughs> asylum almost. Yeah, like something. a cemetery gates on it, yeah. Yeah. And he's hauled in front of a judge, almost sort of Judge Dredd style, this like instant justice, except it can't be because there are no witnesses. The townspeople, I guess, in fear, don't turn up to testify and something or other. And Goose loses it at this point because Johnny's going to get away. Yeah. Scott free, um, and he does, and Goose like beats him, but eventually Johnny the boy's gone. Yeah, don't they do something to his to yeah. Goose's bike? Yeah. So but- there's a scene where they're on the beach, and he's shooting a mannequin, and he's trying to stir up aggression against the bronze. That's what they call them, the MFP. Right. And then yeah, after that, Johnny the boy 
you see him going away as Goose goes off for like four minutes of cabaret for some reason. And then when he comes back, he gets on his bike and then he does, he burns it off down the highway. And as he's going, the rear wheel locks up and he just gets thrown through yeah, the air. Yeah. It's an incredible stunt. But yeah, he sort of walks it off pretty much and then commandeers a, a van and he's driving that back. Yeah. And then another great sequence where you see the guy just lob, I'm not even sure what it was, a tyre or something. Yeah, some like, spare wheel or something through his window. Yeah. Or through the roof or something. And then, he, yeah, he crashes and they they burn him. They do. It's they burn him alive. Pretty horrendous. Toe cutter forces Johnny the boy to do it. Yeah. Max turns up at the hospital now to see Goose. He's heard what's happened. Mm. And he sees, first he sees like his charred hand. That's Megan. And then he peels away the blank. You don't get to see what he looks like, but no. there's like a cool, like, ching, like fractal yeah. shot where Max's psyche is breaking. Yeah, he loses it. He's, it's a suboptimal day for him. And he, when he walks out, he says, that thing in there is not goose. That's right, yeah. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, so and he, that's when he's disillusioned and he decides to quit and his boss is only wearing a scarf for some reason. <laughs> Does he quit the force completely there and then? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he yeah. hands in his notice and uh, they go on holiday. It's all lovey-dovey and more saxophone. and um, <laughs> Saxophone. <laughs> there's running through the fields and swinging into lakes and frolicking, but it can't last. No, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a great end to the movie. No. And first of all, they have to go and get a tyre, don't they? And while they're waiting, while he's waiting to get a tyre at the gas station... Sprog and Jesse, his wife, go down to go and get an ice cream. Ill-advised. Mm. And would you, wouldn't you believe it, but Toe Cutter and the gang are there. Yeah. And they sort of stalk her. One of them's like climbing on the roof and pretending to be a cat. You see that? <laughs> anyway, they, yeah, they sort of chase. They, they sort of, sh- they go to intimidate her, but she knees Toe Cutter in the bollocks and they get away. Mm. And they retreat back to the farm where they're staying. Yeah. And I think really rather ill-advised. Pretty soon, Jesse decides to go for a little swim at the beach. Yeah, yeah. You just you just hunker down and just yeah stay safe. But she point. doesn't. And then there's a scene where you think she's being watched, but it's actually by the the farm hand. Mm. But when she does get back, she's all like panicking. And Max runs out into the forest to look for this assailant with his gun. This was a harrowing, harrowing scene. She sits down. It's a moment of calm after all this stuff, like dodging and is mm. who's watching her and all this stuff. And then suddenly she thinks, where's the kid? Yeah. And she runs out and it, like the kid is not, there's the shot of like the empty blanket. And yeah. you're like, as a parent watching, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And yeah, Toe Cutter and the gang have got the kid. Yeah, it's fucking barren and worse to come as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking bleak because everyone dies. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do manage to kind of get away and there's an old woman with a shotgun who helps them, but yeah, mm. they get eventually, yeah, <laughs> run down. They just get mowed down on the road. Like, yeah. it's horrendous. It is horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. And Max turns up just as, you know, just in time to kind of see the aftermath but not do anything about it. And there's a great like, no. <laughs> then the next scene is his wife in hospital. She's lost an arm. The kid is callously written off as DOA by a single line of dialogue from a yeah, they did just kind of brush that away. But that, and I don't think that she dies, doesn't she? She dies as well. Well, no, she's still but alive. She's alive, but, but Max, not expected to survive. That, well, that is kind of the input. Well, she's had massive trauma, but yeah. he doesn't care. He's just. Well, the kid's dead, so that's enough. That's enough. Now. Yeah, enough motivation to go on a rampage. Yeah, and he gets all geared up in his police shit. Mm. And he goes on his mission to, to do what needs to be done. Yeah. But he's he, he, he kind of drives a load of the, the bike, because they're all bikers, aren't they? He drives yeah. a load of them off a, off a bridge, and we get down to like the, the, the top 
brass of the of the gang but he walks oh we get a pretty spectacular for the time thing of them because the the you start to see the genesis of some of the ideas of like fuel shortages in the world yeah, yeah. and they pole vault onto a movie like that because i watched yeah i watched them the wrong way around if you like all oh, right so i and i was thinking god this is nothing like fury road right. and then you see that guy pole vault onto and he's like oh there you go there's, yeah. like, there's like a definite you know nod to what was about to happen i did it the other way around way around and i would strongly recommend doing that because okay. it, was, it yeah. was yeah so yeah they siphon off some fuel and whatever yeah and there's more chicken and people falling yeah. off bridges and shots of people's eyeballs as they crash into stuff yeah we get a few good ones then night the night he does it and then we get one right at the, the culmination of everything it's fucking really really good but yeah. at this point max in his rage he falls for a pretty basic trap if you ask me yeah. of one of the guys has appears to have crashed his bike he's prone like lying on the off off the side of the road in like some field and he doesn't quite know whether to believe it or not but mistakenly like just falls he's still it. almost a cop yeah he's sort of, sort of procedural but it, it's a fucking like complete trap and he gets shot mm. from fucking miles away yeah i think it's toko like shoot no, basically kneecaps him and he's fucking out and then javier zanetti gets on his bike and he's gonna mow him <laughs> down but he just manages to reach his sawn off well he runs over his arm he I does think, get him, he, he does get the arm first but yeah. then as he comes back for the kill shot um max gets the sawn off and is able to like gun him down almost like point blank at that yeah. point so and th they're great stunts because you see people like being thrown off bikes mm. and all sorts of stuff yeah there's a there's a shot where we didn't talk about it earlier where where he's going through the biker gang and there's like a big pile up and you see the a bike just bounce off a guy's head yeah i was wondering if that was because that would cause yeah. some damage, right? There's no faking that. No, I was thinking, God, that was... It must have been some form filling out after that because mm. health and safety, that was pretty fucking bad. Well, we can talk a little bit about some of that as okay, well. Okay, cool. So it gets down to Mr. Zanetti's gone. So it's just Tokata and Johnny the Boy left, isn't it? Mm. And it's Tokata who goes first. Is it Tokata who gets driven into yeah, the he, truck? he goes first. He just It's a, just a bombing it down the road at like a gajillion miles an hour mm. and it's another one of these scenes where you get the cut like an extreme close-up of his face with his eyeballs almost like they're about to burst out of his head like total recall or yeah something. exactly yeah. like that yeah and then a fucking immense shot of his bike just hitting this fucking big rig you yeah know, like huge lorry and just fucking smash and this i'm assuming it wasn't a real human but like some <laughs> dummy that goes under the wheels it's fucking brilliantly done i mean yeah. it's awesome yeah it's really good that guy was just some trucker they paid 50 bucks to like drive his lorry into a <laughs> amazing amazing just drive your lorry into yeah. that brilliant and so then after this we're now only about six or seven minutes from the end because after that he finds johnny the boy at the scene of a crash yeah and johnny the boy is he's saying oh i found this guy like this i was just stealing his shoes but anyway he Max forces himself to leg cuff him to the <laughs> frame of the car and then he rigs up this device. I don't know what it is, but it's to delay the car exploding and he gives him a hacksaw and the choice of like, you've got, you know, you can either try and do the handcuffs, it's going to take you 10 minutes or your leg, it's going to take you five minutes. It basically pours fuel into a smashed up headlight. Yeah, I saw that, but then... He's making a fuse or something. And How did he make the fuse? It's, it's going to pour. It's when that fills. It's going to the fuel is going to pour down this. I think it was the the, the upturned bumper, and it's going to that's going to pour down to where he's left the Zippo lighter lit at the bottom, uh, and that's that's going to cause right. it all to detonate. Yeah. And he says you've got ten minutes to either, you can ten minutes. It probably cost. Yeah. He says it probably take you about ten minutes to hacksaw through that 
metal frame or five minutes to go through your ankle. Yeah. Or you just fucking sit here and blow up. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, fuck. So like you say, yeah, it's a, it's a precursor to Gorno's like, hostel and sore and all that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. It's fucking grim and that is pretty much the end of the movie walks off leaves the guy i, I mean as soon as he gets to the top of the hill the car blows up anyway yeah. so yeah and max drives off into a dark gray sky amidst a moody score and that's mm. the end of the movie and he never bothered to check on his wife again <laughs> no she was a write-off i think he was just in full vigilante mode after that there's no room for for love affairs you know yeah so what did you think it took me a little while to get into it because I had just watched Fury Road and so like resetting back to the start excuse me I'm not going to say it looks primitive it doesn't look primitive but it it is it is a good step back in time you know what I mean yeah, it's um, seventy. It's same year as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, and yeah. stuff like that and it is definitely a product of its time and some of it is is like really really it's impressive still like the crashes the head on collision and stuff like that look really good some great stunts and some of it you can tell People probably got hurt doing some of these stunts, yeah. so we can talk about that. But there was quite a lot of stuff. There's, there were quite a few scenes of chases where it, it was just like on press fast forward, you know what I mean? Mm. But you could tell it was just like that, that bit of footage sped up a bit, which was fine. didn't really take me out of the movies. Yeah, I mean, it was fucking cool as fuck. I that think it just great. gives that sense of momentum and speed because yeah. mm. he does that sort of frame rate shit as well in uh, fury road mm. too but. yeah i really enjoyed it it's really good yeah yeah i this is great and definitely the way i really wish i'd got the chance to watch them all in order but mm. i watched this and then i watched fury road afterwards and you can see so many ideas between the two of them that's great and uh, you know just in interestingly interesting sort of culturally because it was in the 70s you know global warming and climate change and the stuff that it's sort of talking about and the global oil mm. crisis that inspired the idea behind it was not stuff that was really in the public consciousness. So, you know, that sort of environmental theme that carries on throughout it is pretty cool. And it looks crazy and it was really dangerous. It took them six weeks to shoot. They closed loads of roads when they just didn't have the permits and stuff. Yeah. And they were uh, having to like, sweep up the roads afterwards. And it was all it's like guerrilla filmmaking, which I would love. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Yeah. So it's a wonder that no, more people didn't die. Rose Bailey was an actress who was initially cast as the wife, Jessie, but she was involved in an accident four days into filming and she was unable to complete the film. But she was, she did continue to her acting career and all oh, that. Good. She was all right, but yeah really good this great i enjoyed it yeah i was looking at the the money side of it and so the budget was three hundred thousand us which adjusting for inflation is like north of a million so not a huge amount of money but not like well it was edited in his friend's apartment yeah. on a homemade rig that thing he had you know so it was all pretty yeah. low budget um and he but he pulled the money together by working in a hospital emergency room but i was thinking well yeah but it's still like a million it's like quite a lot for working in a yeah he yeah, must have been doing all right and he was inspired by seeing all these injuries and stuff in the emergency room for making this it's just pretty how lovely horrid yeah a lot of the extras were paid in beer which kept the the budget down yeah and they were members of an outlawed biker gang as oh, well really? yeah <laughs> and he got them to drive from sydney to melbourne so he couldn't fly them there so they went on their bikes yeah i read and- that a lot of them had to turn up in you know, in their costumes or whatever. So they were driving. There was a joke in, well, there's this line in the film about having a get out of jail free card, which mm. was a joke because all the bikers had letters from the production team all right. in case they got pulled over because they were driving in these fucking like crazy gaps with like prop, spikes and prop, prop guns, guns on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in case they must have got pulled over quite a lot and they had these 
get out of jail free card things yeah so yeah cool movie but yeah not not universally loved one australian critic said it had all the emotional uplift of Mein camp which is a horrible <laughs> and Stephen king called it a turkey the new york times said it was ugly and incoherent and then there's a really crazy fact about it which is in america it was released redubbed completely redubbed with american references and american accents so a lot of american people who are you know our age would have never have seen this for a long time and unless they'd seen it in dubbed gibson version yeah fucking crazy all right well strong recommend from us though oh yeah definitely (laughs) 